All right, what is up, good citizens of Crip Nation? It's your hosts, Bryce and Pizza Mind. Pizza Mind, how are you doing today? I am exceptionally excited because we have one of the most charismatic individuals in the space coming to grace us with his presence, his knowledge, and his determination to change the world. Alex Mashinsky from Celsius Network. Welcome to the show, Alex. How are you doing today? Thanks, guys. That's quite the introduction. <laughs> we like to we like to start things off with some high energy. Um, but you know, tell us about yourself. You got one of the most interesting backgrounds of any founder in crypto. I mean, you're the CEO, the founder of Celsius Network. But before that, I mean, we're using your technology right now, Voice over IP. You are the creator of that. So before we even get into Celsius and crypto, can you talk a little bit about? discovering or inventing VOIP? I'm just super interested because it's a technology we use for work every day. Sure. And, you know, I feel like uh, if you saw the uh, testimony and, uh, and, you know, in the Senate about the Vidman testifying to the truth. So I feel a little bit like that because I'm a, I'm an immigrant from the Ukraine who uh, was trying to fight for the truth. I was fighting the phone companies, right? The phone companies was char- were charging us $3 a minute to call overseas, $0.30 cents a minute to call our neighbors. And they had really a monopoly. They, they, they controlled the rails. They controlled the path, the TDM network that we all had to use to uh, communicate with anybody. And, and when I saw the internet in the late 80s and the early 90s, I, was, I immediately realized that TCP, IP, UDP, all these new protocols running on this really very small network back then were the future and they were the alternative to the phone company. They were the replacement rails and that everything in the future is going to run on these platforms. Uh, but when I ran around and told people about it, they laughed at me. They were like, are you crazy? We, we, have, to use, we have to use our modem to use the phone line to dial to get access to the internet. The entire internet runs on the phone network. You think the phone network is going to run on the internet? And I'm like, yes, that's exactly what's going to happen. So I was living in the future all by myself. You know, it was oh not. My Lord. Yes. But uh, I built the first gateway. Uh, I showed it to a bunch of uh, carriers and AT&T got really excited about it because they could save a lot of money using these technology to get around their counterparties or their bilateral relationships. So VoIP really started as a way for the big guys to save money. And then it evolved into what we're using today, which is a way for anyone to communicate with anyone on just an app, right? You just download an app and off you go. You can talk to anyone on the planet. And the amazing thing is that uh, still about half of the people on the planet still do not have access to voice of IP. After 25 years. That's insane. I can't believe that. But do you, do you kind of see some similarities between, you know, something I picked up on is like anybody being able to communicate with anybody over the internet. And do you see a lot of similarities between uh, VOIP and crypto? Yeah. So I just call crypto money over IP or MOIP. So we, we, when you've seen the VOIP movie, you can skip to the end and say, I know exactly how MOIP is going to finish. I know exactly what MOIP is going to look like. Hey, everybody, follow me. You know, let's go there quickly. Instead of going through, find yourself in uh, dark alleys and trail, trailblazing new paths along the way. So I think, you know, if you look at 
Satoshi's invention, which is obviously the Bitcoin, it's running on rails that were created 30 years ago. I mean, the blockchain is 30 years old. You know, if you look at even Satoshi's references, you will see he's referring to Scott's Tornado and other, other work that was done in Belcor in 1991. So, uh, so my point is, is that we already have these rails. We just need to deliver a service. We need a killer app, like VoIP is a killer app. We need a killer DAP or distributed app that does something for the 7 billion people on this planet. And that's what the crypto community has not delivered to date. While I love trailblazing new paths and dark alleys is one of my favorite pastimes, I have to admit, as of last night, I am over it. I have rebalanced my portfolio with now 80% less shit coins that I got from <laughs> I can't remember. So yes. I'm turning for a new leaf today. You're going to take me by the hand, guide me into the Celsius network. Tell me why I should use this. So before, before we jump into Celsius, I think let's talk about our financial system and who really benefits from the financial system. When you look at the wealth concentration around the world where the 100 richest people on the planet own about half of all the uh, wealth that was ever created, it's the highest concentration in the history of mankind. There was never so much wealth held by so few people. So the reason for that is that the financial system uh, is not here to help you. It's not acting in your best interest, right? It's not designed to help the average person. I mean, we all think that the Fed or central banks are here to help us, but if you read carefully the Fed mandate, it, their mandate is to have full employment and to have low interest rates. And both of those things only help the rich. Full employment means there's not going to be a revolution. And low interest rate means that the rich people can make a lot of money on their money because their borrowing is cheap, right? Poor people can't really borrow, even right now when, when we are at the peak of the market. So, so the, the promise of MOIP is, is, again, not to build a better AT&T like we did with voice with VoIP, right? So the replacement wasn't AT&T, which charges half the price. The replacement was free, right? The replacement was taking all the value that was extracted by toll collectors and delivering it to the people who actually create the value, which are the people on the phone, like me and you talking. That's where all the value is. The value is right. not the network itself. The network itself is almost free. So if you compare that to the financial system, the toll collectors, the banks, the central banks, all those guys are basically uh, extracting most of the value. And most people don't understand that. When, when, when we talk about a, uh, how money is made, most people think, well, I, I go and work and I make money. But that's not how the rich people get rich or that's how they stay rich, right? Their money works for them. They don't work for their money. So Celsius was created to shift that balance, to take the power away from the very, very rich and deliver the value to the people who actually create all the value, which are the average person, the 7 billion people that wake up every morning and go to work, you know, not the 100 people who own half of the wealth on the planet. And how are you guys doing that? How are you guys helping the little guy um, essentially make more money? So it's actually much simpler than you would think, right? I mean, uh, most people look at me and think I, I, I have horns or I grow two heads. They're like, what are you talking about, Alex? <laughs> uh, 
like uh, you you're all by yourself create a replacement for our financial system and you claim you're going to do it in our best interest we don't believe you right so the reason we won and AT&T had to sell all of its buildings remember all these buildings they used to have in Manhattan that said AT&T at the top mm-hmm. they're like 20 buildings well why don't they have them anymore because we the people chose to stop using AT&T or all these other long distance companies and we switched to something that was acting in our best interest. These apps were acting in our best interest. So our selection is what caused that transition. It wasn't that AT&T lowered the rates and suddenly we said, oh, great, now, we, now it's fine, right? So the same thing with the banking system. What most people don't understand is that we hold the power. And today we choose to give the banks our money for free. When we, when we make a deposit, when we take our paycheck and we deposit it with the bank, we expect nothing back, not even interest, right? The banks pay us nothing back for our money. And right? they make money off of our money because they're just lending it out to other people. Exactly. So, so JP Morgan, as an example, made $30 billion in profit, not revenues, profit last year. That's $5 for every person on the planet. Every year they make that amount of money, that amount of profit. How? They take the money we give them for free. They turn around and lend it you know, to the person next to you, to your neighbor, and they charge them 24% on their Chase credit card. So they keep 24%, or if they pay you 1% for your deposit, they keep 23% or 95% of the value that was created with your money. And we don't say anything about it. None of us goes to the banks and demands more for our money, right? Why? Because there's no alternative. All the banks do exactly the same thing. So all Celsius did, Celsius created a, a networks, that's what hence Celsius network, that promises, and we're doing it every day, right, to pay 80% of what we make to the depositor. So we don't give anything to the shareholders. We are taking every dollar that you deposit with us, right? We, we earn yield on it. We earn money just like the banks. We don't do better than the banks. We, we basically do exactly what banks do. We earn return. But instead of giving it to our shareholders, we take 80% of it and give it to our depositors. And then we take 20% and we pay all the bills with that, the, pay, the payroll, the expenses and marketing and everything else. So it's a very, very simple concept, right? It's just that in 700 years of banking, no one has done this, not once. So you would ask yourself, wait a second, this is not a, this is not a complicated idea. How come no one has done it? And I would tell you that every one of these 100 richest people on the planet does this every day. How? They take their money, they give it to hedge funds, and they demand 80% of what the hedge funds make. They get to keep 80% of the profit of the best hedge funds in the world, or Ray Dalio, or, or, or Blackstone, or all these great uh, hedge funds. When they produce profit, they do give 80% to their very super rich LPs or limited partners. So we basically created the same concept, but for the average Joe, we don't have a minimum of $10 million to participate. We'll take a $10 deposit. Okay, that's, you basically, it doesn't matter how. With the blockchain, with those rails, we can take deposits, and we are. We have customers, 56,000 customers in over 150 countries, because on the blockchain, you can deposit $1 and earn yield on it, and it costs us nothing. So we can deliver that service. Just like Voice of IP, we can talk to anyone on the planet. Our cost is almost zero. Sounds like Celsius is turning up the heat. Ha, 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 ha. Sorry, we like our yeah. fire ones here. Yeah, I didn't yeah. like that one. Yeah, I'm sorry. 
Plus, we'll edit that out. <laughs> anyway, moving on. What does it mean to unbank yourself? Because when it comes to crypto, I always have to send my money to an exchange from my bank or my bank card or my credit card. Can I eventually get rid of that middleman and just deposit my paycheck directly on Celsius? So we're getting there. We're not there yet, but we're getting there. So today, and by the way, most exchanges are just like banks. You know, uh, they're not your friends, right? They're not here to help you out. I mean, when you see Binance announcing that they've earned over a billion dollars in profit, and Coinbase announced that since 2014 they made two billion in profit, that is money they're taking out of the crypto ecosystem and giving it to their shareholders. People have to understand that, that they, they think these companies are amazing and they're doing everything for us. No, they're not doing anything for us. They're taking our money, they're collecting tolls, and they're giving it to their shareholders just like any bank. So when we say unbank yourself, <clears throat> we, what we're saying is that you have to replace the bank or the middleman or the toll collector with someone who's acting in your best interest. So for example, DeFi, right, decentralized finance, is acting in your best interest. Celsius, which is a more centralized version of DeFi, is acting in your best interest, right? We, but there's no, there are no tolls. Celsius does not charge any fees. DeFi does not charge any fees. There are no fees in the system at all. So you know that it, now the system may fail, the system may not perform, but uh, you know that it's constructed from day one to only act in your best interest versus extracting as much as value as possible. Let me give you one more example because I think it's important for listeners to understand. So the last year, the four largest banks in the United States charged the poorest Americans $34 billion with a B just on overdraft fees. That means I wrote a check or I did a, made a payment, a dollar more than what I had as balance. They charged me $30 a a penalty because I went over my balance by $1. That times 200 million or whatever, as many customers they have translates to 34 billion. So the banks take money from the poorest people and deliver it to the richest Americans, right? Who's the largest shareholder of Wells Fargo, Bank of America, right? Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett is collecting that money. All, all, All these banks do is collect the money on his behalf from the poorest Americans. So that kind of system obviously is not acting in our best interest, right? It's great for optimizing profitability. It's great in in a society where everybody's already rich, but it's not working in an environment where, again, half of Americans don't have $500 to finish the month or pay for an emergency. So what, what the opportunity here, the opportunity for crypto and decentralization and this new blockchain infrastructure that we're building is to completely replace, replace just like we replaced the TDM network with VoIP to replace the financial system with this blockchain-based DeFi platform that acts in your best interest. That's the opportunity. Now we are one or 2% into it and it's up to us to deliver on it or not deliver on it. It seems like Celsius Network is kind of going to be like the bank of the future because a bank's role is where you could store money, where you could get, and where you could essentially get loans. But on the Celsius platform, you could do go one step further and you could deposit your money and you could get loans. I believe, right? Yes. And you could also earn interest on your deposits. 
Yeah, so about 90% of our users come to us because of the interest, not because they need a loan, right? So, so we do, if you look at, like, for example, companies like Lending Club or others, they take money from hedge funds and they lend it to retail. We take small deposits from retail and we lend it to hedge funds. We charge the hedge funds 10 or 12 or uh, whatever percent, and then we give oh. 80% of that to the depositor. So we flipped, we flipped the whole idea of a hedge fund on its head, and we're charging the poor people fees, and we're paying most of it back to the we, – sorry, we're charging the rich people fees, and we're paying 80% of it back to the poor people. And why are, why are the rich people, quote-unquote – tolerating this so again if you look at blackstone for example which is one of the best hedge funds on the planet just blackstone has more in assets than the entire crypto community okay they deliver 14 to 16 percent to their rich lps right so if you do what blackstone does you can deliver 14 to 16 percent now we, we we take less risk than they do so we deliver more like i would say nine to twelve percent our average returns, right? So we pay uh, seven to nine percent in yield to our depositors because we take less risk. But what we're doing, like I said before, is not something unique. It's not what we do on the lending side, where we generate this income, is not anything special. All the rich people do that. All the hedge funds do it. We just chose to deliver that value instead of trying to go like the ten thousand hedge funds that are out there and get our money from the richest people in the world, we went and got our money from the middle class and the poorer people out there because we're building it for them. We're not building it for, for, you know, to satisfy another rich guy. So, so, but, but let me just finish that analogy for a second. So the, the, there is a thing called fractional reserves in the banking system. And, and, and it's a very complicated thing that basically allows banks to create money, right? They're allowed to create credit, which credit means money. And they're allowed to create IOUs again and again and again and again. That's when, when you hear banks have 10, 10 times leverage or 20 times leverage or like Deutsche Bank has a 50 to 1 leverage, meaning they've created $50 for every dollar they have in deposits, right? So when, when banks are allowed to create this kind of leverage through a fractional reserves, that's how they make this tremendous amount of profit. Because instead of just making what I described with a credit card with a 24% one time, they can make it 10 times over, right? Because they can lend themselves effectively as much money as they want. So, but this works both ways. Meaning when you withdraw your dollars, if you're a small guy and you have only $1,000 with the bank, when you withdraw the $1,000, the bank has to eliminate or kill $10,000 worth of loans. Or in Deutsche Bank's case, $50,000 worth of loans. So if we all choose, we the poor or we the middle class, choose to give our money to the alternative platform, to the blockchain, the impact to the banks is 10, 20, 50 times greater than just our money. Because most people tell me, Alex, I don't, I don't have a lot of money. I have $10,000. I mean, what's the impact if I withdraw it from JP Morgan? And they don't understand that, that, again, just like with the phone company, if you leave, all the people who want to talk to you will have to call you on an app if you left AT&T. The same thing here. If you took your money out, 10 times as much money has to come out of the banking system, which is good for us because that's how you force the banks to pay you more. Our plan is not to move 7 billion people to Celsius. Our plan is to have 100, 200 million users, which will force the banks to start paying you 
much higher rates, just like we forced AT&T to give you voice for free because they had to compete with free. So the op- that's the opportunity. Now it's up to us to deliver. It's up to us to build the community and convince people that we're acting in their best interest. And this is done for, for our children and grandchildren and not just to enrich a different guy instead of the guy we're enriching today. And from all metrics, it looks like you guys are doing a tremendous job so far. I see Celsius everywhere at every conference I go to and every Twitter feed I see. Uh, someone's always talking about what you're doing. So uh, congratulations. You're doing a great job on really making a, a huge difference in the world. So thank you. We're doing our best. We have a huge community. Uh, they are the ones making all the noise. And uh, look, we, we took the worst day of the week, Monday, and turned it into the best day of the week, right? Because we pay interest Monday morning. <laughs> so you finish your weekend, you open your email, first thing Monday morning, and what do you see? That we paid you money on your money. And, and for a lot of people, Love it's important because, because you're starting your week and, and – that's a hard, you know, you have to work, you have to worry about your family or your, your parents, this, that, and so on. Who is pushing you forward versus who's like just piling up on you, right? So we want to be that at least helping you push yourself forward and have your capital work for you. And earning 8 9% is a huge difference than earning nothing, right? And people, there's a whole generation that never even experienced this idea that your money can work for you, right? I'm... I'm an older guy, so I lived through it, and I know the power of it. But most young people are like, "Ah, I'm not going to put $200 if it works 1% a year, right? It's a waste of time. And so in practical terms, so say I deposited one Bitcoin um, on Monday, and a week, seven days go by, and you know, let's call it uh, 9% interest is what the rate is. How much money do I get deposited the following Monday? Um, if it's that 9% interest on one Bitcoin and is it denominated in Bitcoin or is it cash? Sure. Yeah. Great question. The, <clears throat> so first we support 25 different uh, cryptocurrencies and uh, tokens, right? So I think we have 10 blockchains and uh, 15 tokens. So you can choose what you like. If you like Bitcoin, great. You get paid in Bitcoin. If you like stable coins, you get paid in stable coins. If you like Ether, you get paid in Ether. Right, as far as how the interest shows up in your wallet. And I'll, I'll use round numbers just to make it easier. So if you have a, a hundred Bitcoin and you held it for a year, you would have 105 Bitcoin at the end of the year, right? So you would have five more Bitcoins, which is the 5% interest that Bitcoin earns on average, right? That's, it goes up and down, varies. If you had stable coins or dollars, you took dollars, you bought USDC or TUSD or Paxos or Gemini dollars, uh, you would earn 8%. So you would have $108 at the end of the year, right? So now pe- people have to understand that the $100 lost 3% during that year. Every year, your money loses value. Because of inflation? Keep, because of inflation, because we're printing more dollars, because we, we're creating more debt. All these other things that are happening that are invisible to us are diluting our money, Right. So your money has to make more than the inflation. So if you're putting it in a bank and you're feeling really great about yourself and you're earning 1%, guess what? You're still losing 2 to 2.5% on your money, right? And, and, and throughout the world, many, many countries now have negative rates and it's coming to the United States, right? What does it mean negative rates? You're going to have to pay your bank to put your money in the bank. 
And when you're going to withdraw it, you're going to have less than what you deposited. I know it sounds completely ridiculous, but that's where we're headed. So not just the inflation is going to eat your money, but also the negative rates are going to eat your money. That's so, wild. Yes, that's where we're headed, right? There's $15 trillion of worth of bonds already denominated in negative rates. The investors already agreed up front, we will have less money when we withdraw this money out at the end of the term. So why? Because there's just too much money in the world, right? So, so well, too much money for the rich people. The poor people and the average class is not moving anywhere, right? We're stuck in the middle. So Celsius, the whole purpose of Celsius is to enable the money to earn money just like the rich people do, but give all the benefits automatically. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to move it from one account to another. You don't have to know how to trade. You, know? you just deposit, and when you need the money, you withdraw it. We don't have any lockups. There's no fees. You can deposit in the morning and withdraw in the afternoon and wow. get exactly the same amount you got in the beginning. So because if we created something that had fees, then we would be just like a bank, right? And mm -hmm. we definitely don't want to be called a bank. Do you have a friend who's interested in getting into cryptocurrency, but they don't know where to start building their portfolio? Well, we have the answer. It's called Copy Trader by eToro. With Copy Trader, you can automatically copy every trade of eToro's top crypto traders, just like myself or Bryce or Kevin, at the exact price point and in real time. No need to study up on markets or develop your own strategies. Simply just sign up and copy our trades. Any profits that we make, you do too. Proportional to your investment, of course. With eToro, you get access to the world's most popular cryptocurrencies with transparent trading fees all in one easy-to-use app. Copy the smart money with eToro. Join now at eToro.com slash crypto101. Thank you. So... How does Celsius determine interest rates for its assets? And then kind of a follow-up question to that, how is that different from how interest rates get determined in America? Sure. So let's start with how interest rates are determined in America. So the, the central bank, right, the, the Federal Reserve, uh, uh, controls the rates, right, the short-term rates. They don't control the long-term rates, but the short-term rates are determined by the Fed, and the Fed basically uh, is trying to prevent inflation. They're not trying to help you. They're not saying, oh, we have uh, 50 million retirees, they need to earn money on their money, so let's pay them 6% interest, right, which would be the rate the, or the Fed publishes. So the rate, the Fed is lowering the rate because with low rates, people who borrow money will get the money cheaper. So they care about the people who already have money, not about the people who don't have money or don't have a lot of money, right? So we determine the rates based on what we earn. So every Monday, we publish the rate for the week, and it's based on what we earned the week before. So last week, we earned 4.5% on Bitcoin, obviously prorated, the 4.5% annualized. You divide it to 52, that's what you're earning per week. And we publish the weekly rate, and during this week, if the rate, if we earn less, then we would lower the rate. We would lower it to maybe four percent. If we earn more, we would raise it, raise it to five percent. So the rate for Bitcoin went as low as three percent and as high as seven and a half percent over the last year, and it averaged just below five percent. So, so if you kept your Bitcoin in your cold storage wallet, you earned zero. If you kept it on exchange, you might got hacked or whatever, or you paid fees and you didn't. Hey guys, TiVo here to tell you about the Ufi Video Lock. 
a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell all in one. That's right, three in one for triple the security. It's easy to install. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. It gives you keyless entry, so no more fumbling your keys when you have your hands full coming back from the grocery store. No more worry about the kids losing a house key. No more worry about a guest losing the house key or forgetting the passcode on your door. And for Airbnbers, it's a no-brainer as you can change the passcode at will between renters. It has available fingerprint recognition, and it has AI self-learning chips, so the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You will have no anxiety with the battery charging. It is a rechargeable battery, and it lasts around four months, but don't worry, when it's low, it'll give you plenty of weeks notice, and also, it always comes with a physical key as a backup. There's no monthly fee, unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee to get your backup recording. Recordings, they're always recorded locally and you will always have access. Customer support for the Eufy Video Lock is 24-7, so you don't have to worry about any issues you have, and it comes with an 18-month warranty. What I love about this product is it is truly all-in-one. With the three-in-one, you don't have to go out and buy multiple parts. It's all in this package with the Eufy Video Lock. So if you're interested in learning more, go on Amazon and search Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock. Again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock. Get complete control over your front door. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Get any new coins with us? You got your regular coins plus five more bitcoins if you had a hundred of them, right? So, so and we're storing all that with BitGo, which is a great custodian. If you had to use them yourself, it would cost you three thousand dollars per month to have a Bitcoin call storage account. So, so again, all of that is possible because money makes money. So let's talk about, I don't want to ask the questions here, but I'm sure your listeners want to hear. So how do we make money? Who needs Bitcoin, right? Who would pay you to borrow Bitcoin? Yes, is that a good question? Oh, absolutely. No, it's a perfect question. So <clears throat> that's, so in a normal world, a, right? The very large companies use commercial paper or they use other forms of borrow. And the rate for those varies depending on your quality or your credit risk and so on and so on. But you will not be able to make more than two to 5% for your dollars uh, if you lend them out, right? Even if you took some risk versus obviously we're paying 8% on dollars or we're paying 5% on Bitcoin. So, so how is that possible? So the, the main reason is that today the crypto community uh, is really disconnected from the financial world. If you look at the top 100 exchanges, very few of them have fiat on-ramps. Most, 
Most of them are not like Coinbase where you can just deposit dollars and buy whatever you want. Most of them are like Binance where you can just trade one digital asset for another. So effectively, there's friction to borrow dollars. So if I'm a Binance customer and I want to buy on leverage, I, want to, I have one Bitcoin and I want to buy a second Bitcoin, I need dollars to borrow dollars from someone to buy the Bitcoin because I can't buy it with Bitcoin. I have to buy it with a fiat currency or some other digital asset. So we are the lender. We don't lend to the individual. We lend to the exchange. We are the counterparty that the exchanges borrow dollars from so they could enable their customers to buy on margin, in this case, dollars or euros or pounds, or we have seven different currencies that we support with the exchanges. So the exchange pays us interest. We turn around. We buy Bitcoin with it or whatever we, we whatever the currency that was given to us. If, in this case, if you gave a stable coin, we would be buying USDC from Circle and depositing it in your Celsius account. And that's how we earn the interest, right? Another example of it is hedge funds that are dollar denominated. What does it mean? There's about 800 hedge funds that trade cryptos, right? About 150 of them are our customers. We only work with the best ones, the biggest ones the one who have the best credit and they want to borrow Bitcoin or Ethereum or Litecoin, right? And all these 25 assets that we have, why would they want to borrow? So the main reason is that they are dollar denominated. So their investors, if they're this or that hedge fund, they collected dollars from their investors. They then put them to work in the Bitcoin markets, but they're supposed to return yield or alpha in dollars, meaning if I'm a hedge fund and investors gave me $10 million, I have to earn whatever to make it 11 or 12 or $15 million. They don't care how many Bitcoins I own. So if I bought Bitcoin and suddenly it dropped 20%, I just lost $2 million, right, on my $10 million investment. But if I borrow $10 million worth of Bitcoin, and I used it for market making or arbitrage or all these other things that the hedge funds do, then even if it dropped, I just return it and I get my dollars back, the dollars I used as collateral. So that's called Wait, a risk you offset. That? You, bro- you broke up right yeah. after arbitrage. Right. So if, I, if, if I'm a hedge fund and I use, I use these coins for arbitrage or for market making, right, and I borrow these Bitcoins to do the market making, and the price of Bitcoin during that activity drops 20%, I actually didn't lose anything because I can return the same Bitcoin. I borrowed 100 Bitcoin, I'm returning Uh 100 Bitcoin. And I'm getting my dollars back. I'm still getting $10 million back. And most hedge funds are not directional, right? They're mostly looking to take advantage of the fact that, for example, the price of Bitcoin on Binance is higher than the price on Coinbase. So they'll buy on one exchange and sell on the other exchange, right? But if it, during that time, Bitcoin crashes, they will lose money. But if they borrowed the coins, they would not lose money. So our depositors are long only. They don't care. They want to hold the Bitcoin for 10, 20 years, right? And they're just saying, great, we are happy to lend it out because it doesn't matter for us if we own it today or tomorrow. Just make sure the coins are, are return to us at the end of the process and we earn reasonable interest rates. So uh, I'm kind of curious about like the relationship between interest rates and demand. So so is the free market the one that's actually determining the interest rates on uh you know all these different assets on your on your platform? 
Exactly. And, and that's what, not what's happening with central banks. When, uh-huh. when central banks determine rates, it's determined on based on, again, their need to lower inflation and keep unemployment low. They don't decide based on what the market rate is. Uh, on Celsius, the rate is determined by, usually by the volatility of the market, not even if Bitcoin is going up or down. Like when we started Celsius, Bitcoin was 14,000, went down all the way to 3,500. But we did great. Why did we do great? Because the volatility was very high and everybody came and borrowed coins and we were earning 7, 7.5%. Then the market went sideways, right? And during the sideways uh, thing, there was no activity. No one wanted to do anything with Bitcoin. So we only earned 3%, right? Now the markets are volatile again. We're earning a higher rate. So... The point is, is that our job is to extract as much as possible out of the hedge funds in fees for them to borrow these assets and deliver most of that, 80% or more, uh, to the depositors. That's the magic here. Would you say that kind of relationship is primarily built on trust and reliability, and that's why Celsius is able to charge those rates because you have good relationships rather than just someone listening to this podcast thinking to themselves, oh, I can do that. Yes, and, and uh, <clears throat> a lot of the trust was, uh, you know, I, I, I did speeches in over 200 conferences, like you mentioned before, just going to every conference and convincing people that I'm not doing it for myself. I already retired. I came back from retirement because I was miserable at retirement. You know, my wife was looking <laughs> at me like, go get a job. Okay? <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't manage this. So... Because I'm not the, I don't have an off switch. I'm not the kind of guy who just sits there and goes fishing or plays golf or whatever, right? I was, I was just anxious to do something else. So, and I, look, I was in crypto since 2013, and I'm, I'm, I'm trading coins. I'm moving around. I invested in a bunch of projects, but I was like frustrated that no one is doing what the community actually needs. So I, I built Celsius for the community, for my children, for my grandchildren. Because if we don't do that. We're just going to get more of the same. And the more of the same means that, again, the richest people are just going to extract all the value. Now, again, I'm part of the 1%. I don't want anyone to think, oh, you know, Alex, is, he's not telling you he's a rich guy from New York. Yes, I am a rich guy from New York, but this is built not for me to make more money, right? Again, all the value goes to the depositors. So the, the opportunity here for all of us and it shouldn't be hard. Again, this is not something that's hard, right? I mean, all the rails are there. All the capabilities are there. We just need to choose. Every day we use a credit card. Every day we deposit money. We choose who we empower. Are we empowering the banks who issue these tools for us? Or are we empowering the community? And if we choose the tools that are available by the community, then we will empower ourselves instead of empowering the toll collectors. That's something that really resonates a lot with me. Um, Not that I'm a rich guy from New York, far from it, but I feel like at a certain point in life, it's not about how much money you're making, but what kind of legacy you're leaving behind, Uh, how you want to be remembered, what the impact that your life is going to have on earth. And at some point, it doesn't matter how many cars you have, like those are all going to rust and go away. But something like Celsius, something like uh, returning the balance of power to everybody is something that can uh, really be long lasting and you can be proud of uh, after, um, you know, it's all said and done. So that's something that uh, a lot of people are doing in crypto. I know there's a lot of bad actors in crypto too, but 
I see that over and over. Some of the best and brightest minds throughout the world that have long since retired from Goldman Sachs or were living off you know, their returns from their patents are now entering this space to solve problems and create tools to solve problems that we never had before. So you mentioned that you've uh, been in crypto since 2013, but now since you have Celsius, you've got all these new data-driven insights from this platform. Has that changed the way you do business or see the crypto industry? Yeah, look, we, we, our mission from the beginning was to make sure that we just have, have as many men as women in this industry. We Like Celsius, for example, is 65 employees now, about half of them are women. And in our community, it's 93% men. And, and the crypto community, I think, is 95% men. So we, we definitely failed in attracting women and showing them that this is something that they need to adopt or they need to move on on or basically educate others on, right? So, and, you know, I always do that. I always do like the call to action, right? Call, call the troops. Hey, let's go out there. It's, it's again, it's, it's five times more important that we educate more women to join this because they control most of the spend in the world. If we want this industry to be successful and we don't have women, we're going to design the wrong products. We're going to design the wrong uh, services and we're just not going to be successful. So, so like, there are fundamental problems in our industry that have more to do with our choices every day than with the technology or the competition or, or the fact that we have bad actors or whatever. So I think we, we just need to focus on a few simple things, right? Creating a product like, again, interest income. It's something that is applicable to 7.5 billion people. There isn't a single person on the planet. You ask them, hey, do you want to earn more money on your money? And says, no, I'm so rich, I don't need any more money on my money, you know? So that product did not exist until a year ago. Until we created it, you could not earn any money on your crypto or, or, or your dollars, right, basically. So, so that is something that could be, become the killer app, could become that, 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 the, the bridge that brings the next billion people into crypto. And, and that's, we have a lot of techies. We have a lot of business people. We have a lot of guys from Wall Street, like you said, who are just here to make more money. They're not focused on solving our problems. They're, they're, so we need to really think about in product terms, not just in money terms or in tech terms, but in product terms, what is that killer app? What is the Netscape moment, right? That, or, the, or the smartphone moment that's going to create, they're going to bring a billion people to, to join us. So when you talk about uh, crypto, I really like that phrase you said, MOIP, money over IP, uh, internet protocol. So I'm kind of curious your vision, you know, your 10-year vision for how you see it all shaken out in the long run. And in other words, are there going to be many crypto tokens uh, running on their own networks? Or do you think value is going to consolidate uh, to one or two main protocols like Bitcoin and Ethereum? Um, And maybe there's some interesting parallels you could see or you could make between the early days of VOIP can, can compared to the current early days of MOIP? So look, the internet is 30 or 35 years old and we're still using TCPIP and all these other protocols, right? HTTP and, and, and so on. So, so the protocols are not going to change, right? Uh, we might get a little bit faster blockchain or a little bit different blockchain or whatever, but the, the, I don't see that changing dramatically i think the technology is a technology now the question is what are the services so if you think of the fang stocks on wall street right the top five or six winners from the internet 
uh, you're going to have the equivalent. You're going to have four or five services that are the fundamental services that are basically driving the blockchain revolution. And that's a piece we are struggling with. We don't know even what the first one is, right? So my VoIP patent just expired after 25 years. And I committed to dedicating the next 25 years to MoIP, to money over IP, right? To figure out, okay, how do we deliver these services in a way that empowers the, the, the average Joe, right? That, that enables them to have a future. Because if we don't do that, then we will have a revolution. We will have this uh, colossal, uh, you know, um, again, how much higher inflation, all the debt is going to come due. We're going to have uh, not just a recession, but probably a depression, and again, the poor are going to be the ones suffering through this, right? The rich always come on top. So if we create a new system that is not based on, on debt, that is not based on leverage, that is based just on, again, controlling your own destiny, controlling your own funds, and transacting directly with others, with our toll collectors, then we can re, re-engineer the system. Because if we leave it to the central banks, we're just going to have one recession after the next, right? The system has proven that all it produces is a reset every 10 to 15 years. Hmm. Interesting. Um, you know, I'm kind of curious, like, what's the, what's the right way to think about Celsius? And when you were pitching it, like, to raise money, how are you pitching it? Like, is this the bank of the future? Is it more pitching about the token? Like we haven't even gotten into the token either. Could you, let's talk about the token. Sure. So again, we, we, we don't want to be a bank, uh, both from a regulatory standpoint, as well as uh, from the connotation. Uh, so we, you have to think of us as like Amazon or Costco, right? We're like a membership organization. So, okay. so, you know, you buy a membership in Costco and then you walk into a giant warehouse and everything is best quality and lowest price, right? You don't have to think about, oh, should I do price comparison or is this orange juice really good for me? You know that every employee in Costco did everything possible to get you the best products, right? And, and that's what we do. We just do it with financial services instead of with produce or furniture or whatever you're buying there, right? So... So the, the, the idea is really all about membership. It's about how do we keep our membership? How do we make people happy? How do we have them recommend us to their friends and family? Because the output here is a very large community. That's the output. We're not measured by a, how much money we're managing. We're measured by how many people are we helping. So the sell token or the tokens that we use internally is, is an incentive program. It's like the mileage program of an airline or, or again, the points program of Costco, right? Where you get, okay. you get more if you are a loyal member. You get more if you bring others. You get more if you have more on deposit with us, which helps us obviously grow the community. So, for example, when you have sell token and you take a loan, you can pay 30% less in interest than the other people who don't have sell token. When you have sell token and you deposit with us, you will earn 20 or 30% more in interest than the people who don't have sell token. So all these things are, are utilities that are helping the community. And, and again, the bigger the community gets, the easier it is for us to earn more because it's much easier to earn on, on large amounts of money than on small amounts of money. Try to do a transaction with $1,000. Find a borrower, 
collect interest from them. How much did you earn, right? But if you had $100 million and you did the same number of transactions, the earnings would be, even though in percentages it might be the same in absolute dollars, it makes a huge difference. So for us, right. we're, we, the community is about 56,000 people right now, right? We just launched a year ago. We have $475 million on deposit. And, and it's from over 150 countries. Uh, the U.S. is about 35%. Europe is 40%. And then you have the rest of the world. So it's a very broad, diverse community. It's not like we're only helping people in the Northeast or whatever, you know. So, so and, 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 you know, we have stories. I mean, we have people who pay their mortgage just with the interest we're paying them, right? So with people, people who put their kids through college just with the interest we're paying them. So it really works because how do we know it works? Because 30 years ago, everybody had that. Your community bank, yeah. <laughs> your community bank used to pay you seven percent on your dollar deposits. Try it again. What a time. You know, try it now. Let's see what happens. So so the 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 I, I think that you know again, showing people that there's light at the end of the tunnel, right? Sharing with them this view that okay, we can fix this is also something that is putting a positive spin or positive uh, uh, opportunity in, in, into people's lives. Because when you see how stressed people are, when you see how they're barely paying their rent and then they're barely paying their credit cards and then there's nothing left, right? There's nothing left. Yeah. Uh, that's just not going to end well. And, and uh, again, we're not, if we wait for the politicians or the economists or the bankers to solve that for us, guess what? Nothing is going to happen. Nothing is going to change. Yeah. So I'm, I'm also kind of curious, like in theory, what's a problem that your business could face? Uh, I'm not saying that it's facing it now, but like what, what would be a potential problem? Sure. For sure. So, so look, the, the biggest problem is regulatory, right? Let's say, I mean, the banks are probably the largest lobbyist in Washington and, and they spend billions of dollars every year convincing politicians to pass laws that are in their best interest. For example, Sarbanes-Oxley, everybody thinks that's a great law, but Sarbanes-Oxley created such a high barrier for new banks to be created that the largest banks got even larger, right? That's all we did with Sarbanes-Oxley. We allowed the largest banks to become larger. So from a regulatory standpoint, the risk is that uh, if we start really growing fast like we are, but the numbers start getting big, right? Let's say we have 10 or 20 or 50 billion in deposits. The large banks are just going to pass a law to make sure that we can do what, we, what we're doing, right? And they'll uh, find a way to do that. So it doesn't mean that the depositors lose their money. The depositors will always get their money, our depositors. But the point is that they can try to block us from continuing what we're doing. Right. And, and this could be just in China. It could be just in India or whatever. It doesn't have to necessarily happen in the United States. Right. So, so the, the challenge for us is also to make sure that we are active. So, for example, we are part of the Chamber of Digital Commerce, which is a nonprofit in Washington, uh, DC that is helping the crypto community and, and, and all the digital asset guys to make sure that the laws that are passed there are not against us, right? That they're kind of favorable to this community. So, that, but, you know, that's a high risk uh, item. Uh, other parts are that, uh, again, that we don't grow fast enough, right? If we don't have enough assets, uh, we will not be able to continue this, right? Because we need to have 
again, we're competing like JP Morgan has, I think, $17 trillion with a T in assets, right? So that's who we're competing with, right? So even if we're stealing billions from them in deposits, that's nothing. That's for them, it's like nothing. They don't even notice that, right? So there is a certain size or certain scale and that if you're smaller than that, uh, it doesn't matter how good you are, right? And that's why you're seeing small banks fail all the time because they're just too small. They don't have enough depositors. So that, that's, that's one thing that we worried about. But, you know, I think right now the offering is so good that we, we're doing so much better than any other alternative that uh, I don't see that as a, as a near-term problem. But again, if the bank started paying, for example, 5% and we paid 6 then there would be no reason to give money to Celsius because a bank is a much safer place and they pay almost the same amount of money, right? So it's things like that, that, that if the banks respond, they will put a risk on, on our ability to grow as fast as we're growing today. That, that makes a lot of sense. And that makes me feel good about Celsius because I don't think we're, anytime soon banks are going to be offering us any interest. Uh, like you had mentioned, I, I think we're actually trending towards negative interest rates. So sounds like you guys are pretty well positioned here. Yep. I hope so. <laughs> well, well, what's next for Celsius? Do uh, you guys have any new products or services coming out? So we, we are making it easier and easier. Like you mentioned, pay. can I put my W2, right? my paycheck straight into Celsius? So we're working on things like that. We're working on automated... Oh, like making sure that it integrates with your tax return so you can get 1099 electronically right into your system of the interest that we paid you, things like that. We're not, we're not planning to launch like a brand new service. Uh, I think interest income and dollar loans are, are two fundamental things that almost everybody needs one way or another. So we want to do that better and better and better rather than uh, offer five new things. We, we do have another service called CellPay which allows you to, it's like Venmo. It allows you to send crypto to anyone without knowing their uh, address. So today, oh, wow. right, if, if, uh, uh, if, if I wanted to send Paul uh, uh, Bitcoin, I have to call you first and, and ask you for your uh, uh, wallet address and then send a test transaction and then call you and see if you got the test transaction. Right? So I have to do like seven things before I can actually send you what I want to send you. But with CellPay, <laughs> I can just uh, SMS it to you or use WhatsApp or use email. And, and I just attach a link and the, the crypto moves with the link. So, and it's still safe and you can't withdraw it unless you know how to get it out and so on. So, so we kind of solved the mass adoption issue. And that's part of, again, calling, calling on all your listeners to try it out and just uh, share the love, right? Just uh, the best way to bring people into crypto and, again, especially women is to send them a little bit of crypto. Just send them a little bit of ETH. Send them a little bit of Bitcoin or stablecoin, and you will see how people are shocked at how easy it is, right? Because today they think they have to be ma- masters in computer science to figure out how this, all this stuff works. It's gonna be, that's going to be how I'm going to give all my Christmas gifts. You just gave me a great idea. <laughs> just sell pet. <laughs> Text all my family. They're like, hey, where, you didn't wrap any gifts this, uh, this holiday. Where, where's your gifts for everybody? I'm like, oh, well, check your cell phone. Exactly. I just sent you a 0.1, 0.1 Bitcoin. <laughs> yep. So, so, so stepping away, uh, this is kind of just out of my own personal curiosity, stepping away from crypto. Um, I mean, what's a different you know, trend that the mainstream hasn't really caught on to yet? Uh, that you were kind of seeing starting to unfold? So, you know, everybody's talking about uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning and all that stuff. And we're, 
again, I think we're underestimating how much this is going to impact our lives because it's kind of, it's, it's, it's sneaking in under the carpet. It's like stuff that is just going to be embedded into everything. And the outcome of that is that many, many jobs that our children are, for example, learning in college right now are going to be completely obsolete by the time they graduate, right? By the time they want to go and become an expert in this or that profession, if it's legal or if it's whatever, engineering, computers are going to be doing most of that work. So, so I think we're going, and again, that, that puts a tremendous challenge for society because, okay, what's the purpose of humans? I mean, it used to be, right, the family, have a good job. Well, it's changing. It's changing dramatically, right? And, and so we, we're going to have to revisit why are we here, what are we doing while we're here, uh, you know, who are the institutions that care for us. All of that stuff is going to be – and, you know, Celsius is kind of like an AI platform because really it's computers that do all of the stuff. We don't do it manually. And, and the computers are here to act in your best interest. They're, they're your financial advisor, right? They're here only with one goal of caring for you. So, so it's kind of like right. an advanced AI system, but you have to trust it, right? You have to trust it with your assets. You have to decide, okay, I want to try this out. I'm going to deposit a little bit and see how it works out. And, and uh, you know, it's still a very early experiment, right? I don't want anyone to think like, oh, we've been here for 10 or 20 years and look what we've done. I mean, Celsius is a year old, right? We've launched it in 2017. We launched the service in 18. Uh, now it's extremely popular, extremely successful because we're doing so much for our community, but, but it's still an experiment, you know, and we're working very hard every day to make it better. It's wonderful. Alex, thank you so much for taking the time today. Uh, this was extremely informative and I had a lot of fun. I learned a lot. Great. And thanks for having us. And again, a shout out to your community. Uh, to really do something about it. It's all up to each individual, each, each one of us to go out on the street, go out to our friends and educate them and explain to them what this is, why it's, it, why it's here and why they need to at least learn about it. Absolutely. Crip Nation, you heard it here first. Go out, download the Celsius app. You could get it on iOS and Android. Is that correct? Yes. Wonderful. All right. Well, everybody, that was Alex Mashinsky from uh, Celsius Network CEO and founder. All right, we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each, then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.